welcome to Let's Talk About It with Taylor Nolan. I am your host and I really don't want to postpone getting into this episode for very long because I'm so excited about this guest. I literally slid into her DM on Instagram and she's the host of Vox Media's Consider It. She covers so many things uh, in the political world today and tackles so many different social justice issues. Um, She's honestly amazing and this will be my first conversation with her ever, but I'm so excited for it. So with all of that said... Welcome, Liz, to the show. I'm so excited to have you here via FaceTime. I am, yeah, I am just, I love you so much. I admire you so much. I, I, I'm honored to, to have even been asked to be on, on your show, so I'm excited for us to chat. Oh, you're so sweet. My favorite was like <laughs> when I DM'd you, I was like, yeah, I'd love to have you on the show. Your response was like, oh my God, yes, I fucking love you. <laughs> I could. I screenshotted that. I was like, I can't. I can't even believe. Um, you're so cool, and your uh, presence on, you know, the bathroom, but also just like in in general, uh, in in the world, is so important. So I'm um, I'm here for it. Yeah, you're so sweet. Yeah, I didn't even know. I was surprised because at first I was like, oh, is she just saying that because like she's followed my page and likes what I say. Like I was, I didn't even <laughs> think that you knew like who I was from the show or anything like that. So um, that was a surprise to me, but a wonderful one. So thank you. <laughs> of course. Yeah. So basically, I slid into your DM uh, because <laughs> so beautiful. <laughs> I know it's the best, the best slide into the DMs I've ever, I've ever experienced. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I slid in because you covered this amazing stuff as the host of Vox Media you do this show called Consider It and you really like cover like such a wide range of things when it comes to social justice and um, our you know political state currently Uh, and so I'm curious like how you kind of got into doing all of this Oh my God. Yeah. So I, uh, actually have a, a master's in gender and, and, uh, social policy. So wow. I, I, uh, yeah, was always really into, I'm like a women's studies major. Yeah. I was always into, you know, ladies and our rights. And, mm-hmm. um, and, and then, yeah, I thought I would sort of end up, I don't know, working in government or doing like a boring policy job, or, um, I was actually mm-hmm. really interested in, in, in maybe pursuing a career in social work, but then, yeah, I, uh, started a petition in, uh, 2012. Uh, mm-hmm. It was like the 2012 Olympics in London, and I was working there and studying there. And they wanted to force female boxers to wear skirts. What? Uh, and female box? Yeah, it was nuts. And female boxing had never even been a discipline wow. before 2012 um, at the Olympics. And so, and the reason that they gave was because they wanted um, to be sure that women could be differentiated from men and be elegant. Like they actually use the word elegant. elegant. And so. I like was boxing at the time and I, I just like do a lot of, I like love sports. And Good so, um, and I've always done sports. And so I was like, I can't believe, like, you know, tweet, <laughs> like I tweeted it to like my 14 followers, but then, yeah, we started a petition with change.org and it went viral and I was getting like calls from the BBC and the independent and like everyone was covering wow. the story. And then it, uh, the, a decision ended up being overturned. And that's when I was like, I just saw the power of social media mm-hmm. and how crucial it was um, and that the internet wasn't just something that I could just do for fun. It could yeah. be something that I could use like to, make to an see impact. the, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. See the change I want to see in the world. And so I started writing uh, and blogging and, and then moved to New York the following year and started as an intern at Mike, which was like very small at the time. And then, yeah, started coming wow. politics in 2016 and, you know, yeah. and then, yeah, the rest is 
kind of mm-hmm. history. <laughs> you covered you covered The Bachelor of 2016. Oh my god! <laughs> so the batch your season literally got me through 2016. Mm-hmm. Like I don't mm-hmm. even know what I would have done. I, I actually Vox Media at Vox Media we did a whole show every week. Mm-hmm. We did a recap uh, of of the show for SB Nation, and I had a whole theory about how Corinne was basically Trump. Like I, mm-hmm. it like was we were able to understand the Trump phenomenon through Corinne. Yeah, and then Vanessa was naturally Justin Trudeau, mm-hmm. like just like the sweetest, you know, nice Canadian, mm-hmm. uh, good French Canadian, and then and and then you were Obama. Like yeah. you were just like here to like the voice of reason. Like, what the hell? Like, I don't even understand. Like, you were, like, explaining what gaslighting was. Like, you were, like, explaining all of the processes. And we could, like, trust you as, like, a voice of reason in this total chaos. So that was my theory. Yeah. It's so (laughs) wild. I remember even actually while we were filming... um, and some of my ITMs, like the confessionals that you do with the producer yeah. that I was close with, we literally had conversations where it was like, I feel like I'm dealing with like a Trump almost. And where it wow. literally, there were literally comparisons in my ITM yeah. pre two on one of like, what? is Trump going to win or like, is Hillary going to win? And I was yes. like, well, Trump's definitely not going to be our next president. So of course, yes. like, I'm not going to go home on this two on one. And then That's when I got insane. home, I was like, I should have known Trump was going to win the presidency because Corinne won the two-on-one yeah. <laughs> that's so true it's wild so and true. i didn't I, I think there was like one article that i might have seen um while the show was airing that kind of like compared it to our political climate yeah. uh, but i remember i felt so alone in that and was just like what like how does no one understand this so right. it's so funny to hear that you had covered it too and kind of made some of those analogies i mean to obama like wow the biggest compliment I mean, i've course. ever received but no no 100 percent, 100 and do you okay do you think that because you've obviously seen this kind of like personality right mm-hmm. uh, trade and like mm-hmm. the, this person is all over the place but do you think that we are living through a time where like these people would have been shunned otherwise but now they're they are kind of winning like do you think that we're well, there's just we're going through a weird thing I, I think it's it's because from afar they're entertaining um, yeah and so we in in unfortunately in some ways they end up being put up on a pedestal because Mm. it's entertaining it's funny um but when you're up close and personal with that it's not at Mm -hmm. all funny uh and so i think it's unfortunately reinforced within our society some of those behaviors because it has this entertaining piece to it right and again we don't think these people are going to win right we're like oh no this person's like clearly crazy but then like it gets rewarded yeah and I, I think that's what's changing, right? Mm-hmm. Like instead of getting shunned, they're getting rewarded for yep. that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's wow. it's wild. Um, and I can't mm. believe you had covered it like that. It just oh yeah, me it, up. I took it very seriously. I took it very seriously. Um, yeah, it's the best, the best season by far. Um, yeah. yeah. And then, so during that, you were already kind of working with Vox Media and had Considerate already started. Uh, no, so consider it had not started. The United States of Women was not even, you know, yeah. a thing uh, yet. And so, yeah, it was this weird, honestly, this weird, you know, sort of moment after after the election where where I think a lot of media mm-hmm. companies didn't know where to what to do, yeah. like, how to cover this. And so it, I think it was good. Like Vox took a, mm-hmm. a breath and like took a minute. And so I didn't actually produce videos for a couple of months right after, which mm-hmm. was difficult uh, given what was happening. Yeah. Um, 
but but yeah and then and then i got the idea for divided states of women with my friend hitha um mm-hmm. she's a uh, conservative but like didn't vote for trump and was just like mm-hmm. uh, and 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 we were just wow like w- women are so i mean obviously it's clear for a lot of people forever um that women in the united states have very different perspectives on yeah. things um but yeah i wanted to make a show that uh hopefully could try and like explore those differences mm-hmm. and the multifaceted ways yeah. of being a woman mm-hmm. uh, and what that means. So, so yeah, Divided States Women was created and yeah, uh, yeah it lasted and, for a year. It was really fun. And so I've gone back and like looked at some of the stuff that you guys did on that page and cool. there's some super wonderful things you guys did. Um, one of Thanks. my favorites, I'm pretty sure it was on Divided States and not consider it, uh, was about the... Um, uh, the women versus men hygiene products, like how there's not like a hygiene aisle for like yes. men. Oh my God. I wanted <laughs> and to do that. Hit home so, so hard. I was like, oh my God. Yeah. Like that's yeah. insane. Yes. Right. I mean, for so long, I remember just being standing in a Walgreens and being like, female hygiene. Mm-hmm. Interesting that we have our own aisle. Yeah. When men's junk does not smell better than ours. Yeah. Like, to say the least. And right? men are like typically, you know, stereotype is these like sweaty, like stinky, like, you know, they're working yeah. all day and they're yeah. sweaty and stinky. <laughs> right. And they don't have an aisle. Like, and then I started really doing the research mm-hmm. and realizing that not only do, you know, only women have this aisle, but also most of the products in that aisle are really bad for you. Yes. Um, very unnecessary. So, uh, very unnecessary. And talking to a gynecologist, this woman said, the number one myth that I have every single day in mm-hmm. you know my office when, when women come in is that they think that their vagina needs cleaning. Yeah. And it's, it's an auto-cleaning. It is, exactly. It is self-cleaning. They, you don't have to add things. You don't have to put sprays. Yeah. And actually, that's what fucks it up. And mm-hmm. then it gets stinky. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like... Okay. Yeah. When it's like filled with bacteria and you need to treat it. Yeah. Yeah. And even just the fact that um, I was just having this conversation last night actually with a friend, uh, how like sanitary products for women that we need are taxed mm. as like luxury items, which is oh my god, ridiculous. So upsetting. Luxury, right. When you see a tampon, like a cardboard applicator, you're like, that's a luxury item. Mm-hmm. You know, like it is the opposite of a luxury. And if I just think if men had their periods, if if everyone had their mm-hmm. periods, um, it, it would just be like toilet paper. Do you realize that yeah. women who are in prison uh, mm-hmm. had to pay for their sanitary products and very often they weren't even available to them? Like, isn't yeah. that just inhumane? Mm-hmm. I mean, and I only that know that through your page because I just oh. watched that recently. <laughs> Where, like I had already kind of like known a little bit from like watching, right. you know, the different like prison documentaries yeah. and stuff. But yeah, yeah, I watched that on your uh, page recently <laughs> where oh, I was like, that's absurd. It is, right? And it, it's just, yeah. I mean, we're slowly, you know, coming, I think, to realize all of these issues slowly, but just how far we have left to go is like, yeah. just, yeah. Okay, it's that time in the show where we take a little bit of a break now to share with you guys one of my favorite sponsors of the show. And this one in particular has been very helpful for me because as you guys know, I'm not the smartest when it comes to numbers, which means I'm not super educated when it comes to finances. Um, And there's so many different blogs and websites out there that give you information on like how to handle your finances, but it can be really hard to actually find one that 
is trustworthy. So On Your Own is actually a personal finance blog that provides free and unbiased information that literally anyone can understand, even me. Uh, It's written by personal finance experts from the National Endowment for Financial Education. So like, you know, they know what they're talking about. The NEFE is actually the leading nonprofit national foundation dedicated to inspiring empowered financial decision making for individuals and families. So the blog covers a wide range of topics, including how to choose a credit card, which like is very stressful to do, (laughs) how to start investing, which like when you have the money to do that, good for you. And also what to do like if your identity is stolen, which is really scary and hopefully doesn't ever happen to you. The blog only links uh, reputable resources. So they're all things you can trust and your personal finance questions can also be answered on the blog or by one of their resources. You guys should check out onyourown.org slash Taylor to learn more. It's honestly a great free resource. Again, it's free that will empower you to make better financial decisions by people you can actually trust. That's on your own.org slash Taylor. And we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. So thank you so much on your own. And I hope you guys check them out and good luck making these tough decisions. So with all of that, now we can kind of get back to the show and get back to our topic. Is there, I mean, I, I always hate when I get asked questions like this, but I'm going to ask you it anyway. Um, <laughs> do you have like a favorite um, or like one that really stuck out to you of like oh. all the kind of pieces that you've done, which are so many, and I'm sure there's many of them, but is there anyone that like really challenged you or like mm. just really opened up a whole new world for you? Yeah. I mean, I, I love so many of the people mm-hmm. everyone that I've interviewed um, and and I feel passionate about so many, so many episodes. I think the the one in Divide States of Women, what's a tie? Okay. There's two episodes. One <laughs> okay. of them was, uh, uh, sorry, I have to, I, I can't choose. It's like choosing. No, it's okay. Know, it's a terrible question, honestly. I uh, hate when people make me choose like that. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> it's so hard. Um, yeah. So we it did an interview. I, I, I love, you know, work with people with disabilities back in Montreal. Um, very very passionate about that mm-hmm. as a as an issue. I'm very obsessed with the fact that there's hardly any representation of people with disabilities in yeah. the media, uh, in newsrooms, and that their issues really get covered. And so we decided to cover um, like entrepreneurship, and mm-hmm. from the and and we interviewed Colette, uh, who has literally the coolest business. It's a cookie business, mm-hmm. and she has Down syndrome, and she uh, employs uh, two people and wants to grow her business to employ people with disabilities. And mm-hmm. she, I kid you not, makes the best cookies in the world. <laughs> like I've never, they're just so good. And she is, she has so much attitude. It was, it was Love great. It. So I, I tried to keep up with her. I tried to, I, I helped her out in the kitchen mm-hmm. uh, for that one episode. And, and I think the other one that I was really passionate about was an episode about uh, sexual assault, right? You know, mm-hmm. when the Me Too movement was sort of at its, um, cri- not crisis point, but like where it was yeah. the most elevated in, in that conversation. And I got so sick of being on so many panels on MSNBC, on CNN, and watching TV, watching all of the all-female panels mm-hmm. talking about sexual, how, how we're going to stop sexual assault when men are the perpetrators of most yeah. of sexual assault and they are the victims, right? Yeah. And so I decided to do a whole episode where I was like, I'm going to talk about sexual assault and I'm not going to talk to a single woman. Like, yeah. I'm only going to talk about yeah. men. And so we went to school in New Jersey and talked to these, like, amazing young boys who mm-hmm. uh, founded a, a feminist club and who, you know, understand 
all this stuff and victim culture more than many more adults than mm-hmm. I've spoken to. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was just, um, th- th- those two episodes just like gave me, you know, it's like restored your faith in humanity. Yeah. Um, it was very like solution based, uh, mm-hmm. journalism, which is something that I'm, that I'm very passionate about. Yeah. Oh, that's so sweet. I have to, I don't, I don't think I've watched that one. So I will have to go and find that one to watch. Uh, oh my God. Um, I mean, you've watched so much. I know. I really <laughs> I have. Honestly, too. I've just like gone back and scrolled and I'm just oh, like watching sweet. them all because they're really great. Um, Thank you. Yeah, no, produced really well. Like you're a fantastic yeah. host. Uh, if you guys listening haven't checked it out, I'm going to put the uh, link for it in the episode notes so you can definitely check it out. Um I'm curious for you how, like, I I can imagine that there have been parts of feminism and even our, uh, mm-hmm. you know, society and political climate that I've, like, had to challenge you and your own beliefs. Um, mm-hmm. And there was a TED Talk where a woman was speaking about feminism and how, um, I forget her name, but uh, was sharing how she'd had a moment where she was like, you know, they were getting ready to fly and she was about to take off. And then she had saw the pilot and realized it was a woman. And for a split second, she had this thought of like, oh shit, I hope she knows what she's doing. But was like, oh, I would never have that thought if I saw that it were a man pilot. And like, shit, you know, I have to like check myself on that. Um, Yes. I'm curious for you if you've had any kind of like moments like that. Yeah, that's so funny. We actually interviewed her for one of our (laughs) episodes about... uh, unconscious bias yes um and she's she's incredible um and and yeah like uh, i mean that episode was so uh it was basically like check your unconscious bias because Mm -hmm. you might not think you're you know i'm not a racist Mm -hmm. there's no way that i have taken on any of these biases that we have in our culture Mm -hmm. and like most likely that's not true and also most likely you benefited from Mm -hmm. racism if you are a white person Mm -hmm. and that is something that is like you know that we don't talk enough about. Um, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I've, I've had, oh my God, had so many moments, you know, I'm, I'm writing a book about men right now. And um, mm-hmm. I think that has just been one of the biggest tests um, mm-hmm. of ensuring that my feminism is empathetic and yeah. compassionate. Um, that even though... I, because the first draft of, of, of the book, I, I will, you know, it was like a man, you know, it's called How to Be a Man, A Woman's Guide. And mm. I was going to tell men everything that they're doing wrong <laughs> and how they need to be better. And yes. so many women were like, yeah, I need that book. They need a guide, blah, blah, blah. And I actually rewrote the entire book um, oh, wow. because I was like, this is like, it's not about me. Mm-hmm. And even though I've been hurt by men, even though I have... Uh, people that I love who have been hurt by men. Um, this is about, we have to talk about their pain mm-hmm. and what kind of culture we've created that turns like good men or good boys yeah. into bad men, right? Or who lead them to do bad things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was, that has been a, an amazing journey for me. Uh, it was really hard to sort of confront all of the, all of those all that pain and be able to, but, but, but be able to listen and, Mm -hmm. and not just talk. Um, so yeah, it's, it, it, I, it's, but it's important. That's where you learn the most, right? When you're like uncomfortable and you're like, Oh, okay, what what is making me uncomfortable right now? And, and I, you know, you have to go further into that that discomfort instead Mm -hmm. of running away from it. Yeah, absolutely. 
So changing pace just a little bit, um, I want to say I, I understand that being able to practice mindfulness every day for some of our listeners is something that we all want to achieve, but it can actually be really hard when we're overwhelmed with work and other aspects of our life. So I want to take a quick second here to share with them a app that I highly recommend and that I think can help you be mindful every day. It's called Blinkist. It's actually the only app that takes the best key takeaways, which is like the need to know information from thousands of nonfiction books and condenses them into just 15 minutes so you can read or listen to. It's really helpful for people that are busy and where you want to get the main points of the book quickly without having to read the entire book. And honestly, the audio feature is amazing because you can literally finish like four four books a day while you're on the go. Um, Eight million people are actually currently using Blinkist and it has a massive growing library. I love using it. I think the audio feature is amazing. One of my books that I'm listening to now is The Power of Now by uh, Eckhart Tolle, who is amazing. Uh, And honestly, it would take me forever to get through one of the books just because it's so much wonderful information. But Blinkist helps kind of condense it down for me um, since I am just so kind of on the go with things. So... Right now, for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer just for you Let's Talk About It listeners. You can go to Blinkist.com slash Taylor to start your free seven-day trial. You know how many books you could read in seven days? That could be a lot of content that you could be learning and being able to apply in your everyday life. Um, Again, that's Blinkist spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T. Blinkist.com slash Taylor to start your free seven-day trial. Again, guys, make sure to head on over to Blinkist.com slash Taylor and get reading. Get back to that mindfulness. It's new year. It can be a new you. (laughs) But just wanted to get that little tangent out there and um, we can kind of get back to the show now. So how 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 have you experienced dating? I mean, oh I'm assuming that you're. I'm assuming that you're a hetero, heterosexual woman uh, who is single. I'm and actually dating. queer. So you want to know what? I just came out as queer um, three months, uh, four months ago, this okay. summer actually. And so I date. I've dated primarily men, mm-hmm. uh, and I and I, I still, you know, I'm interested in men. But I, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I'm also dating anyone. Yeah. I'm like not gonna. I'm not, I'm not going to check any any of those boxes off my mm-hmm. dating yeah. app. Um, but for sure, like... You're yeah, like, as long as you're not a shitty person, I'll be interested yes. in you. <laughs> exactly. That's my that's my sexual orientation. Yeah. Like, good, good, good-hearted people. Mm-hmm. That's such a better way to filter, right? Yeah. As a filter, if we could choose that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, date, I mean, look, date... Oh, my God. I mean, this was also part of the book of mm-hmm. examining chivalry. Right. And, um, being coming from a place of being like, men don't have to, you know, why would you have to pay for dinner and Mm -hmm. why would you have to do these things? But then, and being like, why are men so weird about this? And Mm -hmm. then realizing I am reinforcing it Yeah, because Mm -hmm. I still expect it. Yeah. Right. There's Uh, yes. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Don't you still, if you were going to go on a date with a guy and you were good and, and you put down your credit card and he was like, okay, cool. Yeah. You, you mm-hmm. got this. So there have been, you- there have been times recently in the last few months, um, where in two different occasions, I mean, I, I'm primarily dating one person now and okay. we've had a lot of conversations around like finances and how, you know, is, is 
is this because it's expected of him mm-hmm. or is it because, you know, almost like literally having a conversation of like justifying who's paying what and why. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a very uncomfortable conversation to have because even during it, you know, it's like, oh, well, you know, if I'm, if, if we plan this visit, cause it's long distance, yeah. you know, like, am I just assuming and expecting that he's going to cover this flight because it's like, mm-hmm. well, if you want to see me, then yeah, you're going to mm-hmm. pay for my flight. And mm-hmm. you know, it's like, discussing that and it's crazy because you get reinforced by so many other people around you that are like you know oh well he's not going to pay for this or like oh well if you're doing this he should be covering everything and it's like well let's examine why we think that yeah and why it makes you like what happens so this this was a big aha for me Mm -hmm. was when I because I had literally a pattern of (laughs) dating guys who would do like these grand like they were, they would like take care of me. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I'm super independent. Mm-hmm. I'm super like this, like bad feminist. I'm yeah. like loud. But I like was going for guys who mm-hmm. took control and took command and yeah. paid for everything. And I was like, why do I keep doing that? Mm-hmm. And so I decided actually this summer, like I'm going to, you know, and I was dating someone and I was like, I'm going to make this an equal partnership and even though I want I it's nice when this person pays and I feel like a little princess I feel Mm -hmm. like he's taking care of me and I'm safe and blah blah blah. yep I'm gonna you know we were renting a house and Mm -hmm. I just Venmoed him half of the money I didn't even say anything (laughs) and he didn't say anything for days like he didn't even mention it and then he was like so are we gonna talk about like I I just I mean I like I thank you I guess but like yeah also you really didn't have to do that Mm -hmm. and in the end, what was really amazing for me mm-hmm. was that I, I realized that when you make things equal financially, you mm-hmm. make things equal in in so many other ways in the relationship. Mm-hmm. And that in a way, having financial or economic control in a relationship, even though you're saying, mm-hmm. I just like to do this for you. It just makes me happy. Yeah. There's like an assumption of like, well, I yeah. did all these things for mm-hmm. you. I took you out to this thing. I paid for that. And then that you mm-hmm. kind of owe them something, right? Yep. And it just, it's it's so it's sometimes implicit, mm-hmm. and per, but it's so pervasive. And I, and I realized that I was, I was taking this on too. Like I was taking on this power dynamic where I wasn't, I wasn't really saying what I needed or I wasn't, I I felt guilty about saying what I needed because there was this like, well, he did this for me. Mm -hmm. Um, and it, and I'm never, I'm literally never going back. It was so, it was so nice. Um, and so, yeah, I, I just, I, Mm -hmm. this is very new to me though, Mm -hmm. you know? And I'm like, yeah, no, (laughs) (laughs) no, I, I agree. I think, um, for me, at least in this dating experience, it's the first time that, you know, I'm speaking about money in this way. And I think it's also Mm. of wanting it to be an equal partnership of understanding that there may be times where I have more money than he does. And sometimes he has more money than I do and being able to take care of each other in a way that's not, um, Im- implicitly or explicitly enforcing this kind of power dynamic um, yeah. because you're absolutely right. It leads to a lot of things being unsaid and assumed. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. even, you know, I think it's not to say that a man doing something nice for you automatically implies no. that you owe any right. kind of anything to him. But yeah. I think there's something very real that most women can relate to that when you are treated mm-hmm. in that way, that there is this feeling that you get of like, yeah. okay, I now feel like 
I have to return something. Yes. And it's yeah. really uncomfortable. Exactly. And it's very nice to be in a relationship and to date yeah. someone where you don't feel that. Where it's like, I don't owe you shit. I don't have yeah. to like repeatedly thank you after dinner because I paid for my portion. <laughs> exactly. And do you, so when you brought up money, was he receptive or do you feel like he felt like his manhood was being challenged or whatever? No. So for him, I mean, he maybe was more of a feminist in this conversation than I was even, (laughs) um, where, where he was really kind of checking me on like, you know, are you expecting that I'm paying for this because I'm the man um and just kind of flat out asked it like that and it was honestly it was a very difficult conversation um it was about purchasing a flight Mm. you know that I had gone uh he had asked me to come on the trip with him and so I had paid for the one way and then I was hoping that he would pay for the other way and um flights and ended up getting super expensive and so then I was like feeling real stubborn Mm -hmm. and like entitled a bit and being like you know you delayed Mm -hmm. us knowing what date we were leaving and so I feel like this is up to Mm -hmm. you now to cover this cost and you know I came here to see you and all this stuff and Mm -hmm. I really I like shut down in part of the conversation because I was just like this makes me so uncomfortable and like I wish part of me just wishes you would just say that you're gonna pay for it so we don't have to keep talking about it because it made me so uncomfortable um but it was a really good helpful conversation and it's very much changed the way that we now speak about finances in like a equal way yeah i love that yeah Yeah, sometimes you just gotta get through the discomfort Mm -hmm. and then you there's like a whole new world that opens up oh for sure for sure um but i think it is very important to be aware of like where where you're challenged in being a feminist. And I think finances mm. is just one, but you mm. know, you brought up chivalry and how that's important to really look at. Yeah. Um, I'm really like proud in a way of you. I mean, I don't know you. I just met you just now, but <laughs> I feel like very- I feel like I've known you forever. <laughs> um, but I feel like very like- proud of you that you've been able to kind of examine like Mm. in your interest and in your dating and like who you're going to connect with and that it's not you know you really have to process this pain and these kind of negative feelings that you've had towards men as you've Mm. you know done all this work in this field and I can imagine that that's like a lot to experience and then to kind of realize okay you know I think actually when I think about who I want to be in a relationship with it's not Mm -hmm. It's not specific to their genitals. Yeah, exactly. And and examining my own fear around around coming even like coming out yeah. was like I told my parent my family and like I'm so close to them. They literally yeah. know so much about me. And they I never told them that. And and I just felt like mm-hmm. I was like, I'm telling everyone to be who they are. I'm mm-hmm. telling LGBTQ rights matter. I'm like standing up for this and I'm not doing it in my own life. And yeah. It was so exposing. Like I, the next day, I like I did it on a Sunday, and then I came into work, mm-hmm. and I just felt like I was naked. Yeah. I literally was like, I, I and people were kind of like, some people like putting their hands on my shoulders, like, please, it's so. And everyone yeah. was sweet. No one said anything inappropriate. I'm, I'm actually, I think it's so, so amazing how far we've come as, as a society. Mm-hmm. Like everyone was super respectful, super loving. But yeah, it was, it was like, oh my god. Yeah. Um, but it's been really nice. It's just feel, felt really freeing. Um, mm-hmm. And again, it's it's like, it's so cool when you can 
see a way that like a box that you've been in mm-hmm. and start seeing the walls and then being like, wait, I can make, there's like a world outside of this. Yeah. Um, and, and just exploring that, you mm-hmm. know, is, is so freeing, yeah. whether it's with like chivalry or yeah, your like own sexual you know, experiences. Totally. Yeah. It's, I always try to encourage people to like step outside of that fucking box. Like don't, Mm. don't let society or your family or your friends or even yourself put yourself in a, in a box, you know, allow yourself the space to explore all these different parts that could be you. Yeah. It's it's scary, but it's, it's worth it. Yeah, (laughs) totally. (laughs) But, but it's about having people like you too, to be to know that you are accepted, oh, right, yeah. is so is so important, and mm-hmm. that you, you are not going to be judged, you're not going to be shamed, mm-hmm. um, and that people will like sit with you in who you are, mm-hmm. um, no, no matter who you are, and like accept yeah. that is so that I at least you know was surrounded by people that, that I felt safe doing that with, and mm-hmm. and who were awesome about yeah. it. No, that's super important to have is just to have that mm. community. Um, and yeah, I think you're right to have people kind of on a public platform encouraging mm. that can be super helpful. Yes. Um, yes. One thing that I've seen you kind of promote a little bit in your page that I want to get into a little bit is um, big uterus energy. <laughs> <laughs> can we talk about that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> It's so random. I love. I love that it's. It was. It's become a thing. Um, yeah. I okay. This summer, it's. Uh, I you know, big dick energy mm-hmm. was coined, or you know, maybe it was had been coined before, but it became known. Yes. Um, because of Pete Davidson and Ariana Grande, RIP, their mm-hmm. relationship, um, and engagement. But um, but basically, I, I just thought it was like the such a funny internet trend right yeah. and that big dick energy was like a gender yes. neutral like the cut did this article where they were like in sync like uh no big dick energy backshade boys big, big dick, dick energy. energy like they just you know or like michelle obama big dick energy you know it was it was just so cool yeah. and then uh it was announced that you know supreme court justice retirement was happening mm-hmm. it was like the day after big dick energy happened and Everyone started freaking out, obviously. And then mm-hmm. it was like, oh, my God, Roe v. Wade is going to be overturned. We're yeah. all going to die. Women mm-hmm. are going to be, you know, we're going back to, like, an era where we're, like, have no rights. Mm-hmm. And I was sitting, actually, I was I was on a book leave. Uh, I was sitting in this, like, my friends uh, had a place in the Hamptons. So I was just, like, bumming around. And I was just sitting there, and I was like, I am so angry that we are, like, this Supreme Court justice thing happened two days after big dick energy like women didn't even get like yeah. 48 hours to enjoy big dick energy and so i was like i'm gonna like we're gonna have big uterus energy then mm-hmm. like and big uterus energy was the quiet confidence that women are gonna vote these men out like these awful republicans out of office yes. and reclaim their rights and obviously that's what we saw in the mm-hmm. you know the midterm election was like this incredible m- moment in history mm-hmm. um and I did not, I like just tweeted that out and then it, you know, traveled. And then I just, and then I had a friend who, uh, Liran, um, is like a designer and, and he was like, we should make, you know, like yeah. we should do something with this. And so we created a, a design and t-shirts and mm-hmm. then I, you know, donated the, uh, profits to NARAL of, of those sales. And because like, I knew that they would have to have a big fight uh, ahead of them mm-hmm. and they did. Um, and so, yeah, it just, but then it just like took off and, and yeah, yeah I just think it's, 
I, I'm happy people, it's resonated with people. Mm -hmm. I also always want to say it is a gender neutral term. You do not mm -hmm. have to have a uterus, have to have a uterus to have big uterus energy. Mm -hmm. um, I say it to dudes all the time. I think that there are plenty of dudes around me who have a lot of big uterus energy. Yeah. And um, yeah, I, I'm happy that it, that it made <laughs> people feel good. <laughs> Yes. Well, I, I hadn't seen it before because I, I, you know, obviously, yes, I had heard of big dick energy as that was very much yes. out there. Um, mm -hmm. But it felt good to have some like representation, even though it may not yeah. be specifically gender specific, but to feel like it was something I could relate to a little bit more. It was like, this yeah. is nice. I can get down with this. <laughs> yeah. And we always say like the things that are associated with confidence and being a badass is like, you mm -hmm. got balls. Like yeah. you got like, it's all male centric. Mm -hmm. And it's like, yeah. You like don't be a pussy. Exactly. Yeah. The being a woman is like women. I mean, people made this point over and over again, mm -hmm. but like vaginas are not just self-cleaning, yep. uh, but also the strongest. I mean, like literally mm -hmm. pound out human beings yeah. and uh, create life. Uh, the mm -hmm. the uterus does. So um, it's like the most powerful, amazing, mm -hmm. insane organ that we were all built in yeah. uh, and came out of. So mm -hmm. um, if there's one thing that's powerful and I want to be, you know, be represented by, it would be the uterus yeah. and it's big energy. Absolutely. <laughs> and it's just, it's honestly like it's a temple, like your body yeah. is a fucking temple to be cherished yes. and appreciated and to be kind yes. to. And we're yes. so like, we beat up our bodies so much, even just like yeah. emotionally. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, I love, I love the big uterus energy. Um, oh, and <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Yeah, I have to send I, you a t-shirt. Yes, please do. Oh my God, that'd be amazing. That would be amazing. Um, and, you know, as we've, as we've kind of talked a little bit about uh, like covering the elections and, you know, mm. the stuff that you're covering is like uh, emotional. I mean, it's, yes. I imagine can be a bit taxing. Oh. Like yes. I honestly can't follow as much news as I would like to because I'm just like, mm. I can't, I can't take mm -hmm. it. <laughs> mm -hmm. I mean, I feel the same way uh, and mm -hmm. I have to like it's like it's my job and I'm like yeah. I don't want to watch the, the thing that I create you know it's mm -hmm. my job to be part of and create so um yeah I I wow I mean and talking about mental health mm -hmm. I <laughs> I was just talking to my therapist and I was like how many more people have you had like yeah. talk about Trump during right mm -hmm. or talk about this moment you know politics in their therapy sessions yeah and I mean, even just the I Kavanaugh am, thing was very triggering for a lot of people the, I am so happy you said that yeah. because I actually recently anyway I've been you know treated for you know I I experience a lot of anxiety I've always mm -hmm. had anxiety and I've only recently sort of started addressing that and and mm -hmm. and coping with that different in, in in different ways and um I had this moment where I was like, am I, like, my doctor was like, I, I'm worried that you are depressed. Like, I, mm -hmm. I think it might not be anxiety. I think like, and she just started talking about bipolar. Like, it was just like a lot. Mm -hmm. And and I started asking myself, I was like, yeah, I've been really depressed since the fall. And then I started thinking back and I was like, it was since the Kavanaugh thing. Yeah. Like, literally the the week prior to that, I was like, fired up we've you know I was organizing I was you know meeting with people I was reporting mm -hmm. and then that happened and like something just shifted in me like you know when you just feel like you're not aligned mm -hmm. like your soul yeah. and your personality and your life they're they're not like you're not living your life yeah um th that's how I felt 
and I've only kind of recently come out of it. And mm-hmm. I'm so, I feel like, you know, the election was a big turning point for a lot of people and the mm-hmm. new year and like coming back and seeing, you know, people talk with reason yeah. and, st- you know, th- you, you kind of feel like there's adults in charge now mm-hmm. because it just felt, it felt, um, I mean, it was triggering on a personal level, um, and, and on a level of, you know, I, I'm very close to a lot of survivors and mm-hmm. seeing them have like seeing my friends and my family have it ha- going through that too, was really, really difficult. Um, but there was a part of it that was also like nothing I do will do any, will, yeah. will imp- like I, I felt helpless. And mm-hmm. as we know, feeling helpless, you know, yeah. is one of the worst, right. Ways that, that can lead to de- depressive thoughts is that like, mm-hmm. I don't matter. Um, and and we do matter, you know, and, and one of my friends actually, while I was, you know, struggling was like most of the people who have created change never lived to see it. Mm -hmm. And I thought that, that like gave me goosebumps. You know, I, I thought about how activated people are and how engaged people are right now and that they're spending their weekends at protests and, you know, they're having book clubs and, and organizing at their, like, I just, it's incredible. And it does matter Mm -hmm. and it is working. And even if you don't see it right away, like Mm -hmm. it's happening. And I think that was a, that's just an important reminder. I think for all of us in, in this moment, like, even though on the day to day can feel like LOL, nothing matters. Like it does. And you know, um, in the end, like Corinne doesn't win, you know, (laughs) she actually doesn't. I'm so sorry to end with like a woman hating like comment. I I, I wish oh you goodness. the best, Corinne. I don't. I don't. I really hope yeah. you found what makes you happy, and mm-hmm. I I don't wish anything evil on on you. Um, well, someone someone like, brought it up you know, last night of uh, you know Sasha Baron Cohen's "This Is America." Yeah, I don't know if you saw that. Um, she made an, yeah. an appearance on there. And she did. Oh my god! It no. was. It was pretty bad, honestly. Um, and, it, you know, the person talking to me was like, oh, like, how happy were you when you saw that? And I was like, right. honestly, not. No. Like, that didn't no. make me happy. Yeah. Like, because I, you're a good person. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. I'm just like, you know, yeah. that's not, it's not the point, you know. Yes. Like, and I think, yeah. again, a lot of things were misconstrued on the show and mm-hmm, my intentions mm-hmm. and where I actually stood on things. But, um, yeah, you know, it certainly makes sense to, you know, make that punchline. But at the same time, yeah. it's like, yeah, like we don't necessarily want to see each other fail or be no. hurt or struggle. No. Um, yeah. And I think, I think there are, are some things that we can all kind of come together on. And I think that's part mm-hmm. of what we're seeing um, kind of happen now, at least uh, with women, I feel like there's certainly still some yeah. of that, like, you know, women giving other women shit for stuff, but uh, right especially with Kavanaugh and kind of what you just talked about where um, it did kind of send this message that like, it doesn't matter. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I'm still yeah. gonna yeah. get things done and I can still, you know, be the president or be a Supreme Court yeah. justice. Uh, yeah. And that can certainly make people feel really, really helpless. And I think it's important to remember that like just doing these small things and just talking about it does make mm-hmm. a difference. Um, yeah. 
Yeah. And that's where honestly like a big part of my self-care and taking care of yeah. my mental health has been distancing myself from the news a bit. Um, yeah. I enjoy watching yeah. like your stories that you cover because it doesn't feel <laughs> as like it's it, it makes a point and it's quick and like I feel informed, yeah. but it's not like weighing mm-hmm. me down and it doesn't feel super heavy. But I can imagine yeah. being the one that's doing it where it could be a lot heavier mm-hmm. for you. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think like... Well, you- Go ahead. No, I, I just, I, I love uh, what you just said and, and something that I've just been thinking a lot about as a person who creates news, but also, you know, consumes news mm-hmm. is I feel like there's been a lot of attention paid to, okay, how do we get people to stay on pages longer, to share th- more things, to spend more time mm-hmm. scrolling through their, you know, feeds yeah. or whatever. There's no attention paid to how do people feel mm-hmm. after they've consumed our news? Yeah. How do, like, are we making people more depressed? Are mm-hmm. we like activating them to do bad things? Are we making yeah. them, you know, want to turn it off and not turn it back on and be mm-hmm. disconnected and, and numb themselves to what's going yeah. on? And something that I think is really important in the way that, that yeah, I, I craft stories and that we, you know, uh, craft our stories with our producers is like, it's solution-based journalism. Like mm-hmm. I want to end with like, who is, okay, here's the problem. Mm-hmm. We got to talk about the problem. What's, who's doing, who's doing something about it? And, and what's the solution? And even if it's one fucking person mm-hmm. and they're alone on a rooftop somewhere, whatever, let's go find them. Let's feature them. If, even if they're nine years old and like, they're just doing a, you know, a writing campaign, um, mm-hmm. people like, I want to activate people to, to, to get involved and to know that they matter. Yeah. not that they don't. And mm-hmm. and I think that's that's how I felt in the Kavanaugh after the Kavanaugh hearings and that is just it of of what I want people to leave with um mm-hmm. with the kind of journalism, you know, that that I do. Yeah. And you mentioned that you you know that that you are in therapy and so you see a therapist it sounds like regularly. Um yeah. how else do yeah. you make sure that you're like taking care of yourself and how do you kind of check in with your mental state and kind of where you're at? Mm. I, so I'm obsessed with, uh, super soul Sunday. Mm-hmm. If, if oh, like amazing. we're on a podcast right now and mm-hmm. everyone needs to listen to your podcast and then they need to listen to Oprah's podcast. Yes. Um, it is, um, really opened me up to, I mean, it's not just really interesting. The podcast, it's opened me up to new authors mm-hmm. and, to new people. Um, and I've been reading, you know, the untethered soul. And mm-hmm. Oh my God. I literally have that book in my backpack right next to me. Oh, <laughs> there we go. Yeah. It's changed. I mean, these books, like I, these are books that have fundamentally changed mm-hmm. my life. And, um, and that, and I, you know, practice med- meditation, uh, mm-hmm. in the mornings, even when I don't want to. And when I was depressed, I did not do it regularly. Um, yeah. but, it's all about, I, I just, honestly, I'm just trying to be more spiritual mm-hmm. and, and, and to get in touch with like, with my purpose on this planet. Yeah. Um, and remember also like that, not just like to think about what my service is and mm-hmm. to focus on that. Like, what am I here? Yeah. What am I here to give? Yeah. Um, and I feel like when I'm able to, to connect with that part of myself, um, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. And what's great about connecting with that part of myself is that I know I, I I'm, it's easier for me to tell when I'm not. Yeah. And th- the biggest thing in the untethered soul, right. Is mm-hmm. like 
becoming an observer mm-hmm. yep. instead of being completely lost yes. in your thoughts and in, and in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, and that to me has been, and it's a practice yeah. like that. That's kind of what I wish I had known too. Cause like you'll read it once mm-hmm. you'll be like, holy freaking shit. And then the next day you're like, ah, you know, you're upset because yeah. whatever. And it's, it's, it's a practice. Mm-hmm. It is like yeah. yoga. The first time you go to yoga, you can't do any of the shit. You yep, look yep. Like, you're like, what? I'm never going to. And then just keep going. Yeah. And you don't focus on the outcome. You focus on the practice. Mm-hmm. And, um, and yeah. And some days you're like, this is totally bad. And other days like, yeah. wow, this feels awesome. And you just sit with that mm-hmm. and you accept that. Yeah. You know, I'm surrendering. I've literally had this book in my backpack. I've traveled with it. I have been in the process of reading it for almost two years. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, It takes a long time. Yeah. It's a lot. I go back and I reread portions of it. And that I'm so glad that you brought up that point of being the observer of your thoughts because on um for those of you familiar with Bachelor, uh Dean, I spoke with Dean about this, about you know, you are not your thoughts, you are the observer of your thoughts and Mm. Uh, it was really hard to even explain because he was kind of like, what are you talking about? Like, I disagree with you. Like, you are your thoughts. Like, that's, oh, you know, wow. what else are you? You know, you are the culmination of your thoughts and your actions. And I was kind of like, mm. uh, no. I was like, you yeah. should read the book because it's oh hard to God. explain. Um, Dean, oh my God, I love Dean. Dean should <laughs> totally read the book. Dean, but also I feel like Dean would totally get it if he, like Dean yeah. has the potential. No, for sure. Like, if he read it, he would totally yeah. get it. Um, yeah. And so I tried to explain it, you know, that like, you, when you separate who you are from the thoughts that you're having and when you sit mm-hmm. in that place of the observer, you're not wrapped up in it all. You're not letting it consume you. You're not letting it drive your actions. And there's, mm. um, I think... You're in control. Uh, yeah. Like you're in you, you have You have way more control. Um, yeah. And... And I think it honestly, it helps lower levels of anxiety. It helps put things in perspective a little bit um, and can be like a really empowering thing. Like there are definitely moments Mm. where I'm like, I feel super out of control and then I'll take a step back and I'm like, Taylor, you're feeling a bit out of it. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the the description is like, right, you're you're looking at a storm, Mm -hmm. but you're inside, right? You're like, whoa, it's like hitting the the window and it's like, you can hear the wind, you can Mm -hmm. see it it's all fucked up out there. The trees are flying, but you are inside and you're able to be like, wow, there's a lot happening. And you're not denying. You're not saying like, look, it's so pretty outside. Look at the sun shining. You're like, holy shit, there's a storm. Mm -hmm. But like, I'm, I'm seeing it. Right. I'm not living. I'm not in it. Um, so, but it's, it's a whole, yeah, you have to uh, almost reread it. I mean, I I, I feel the same way. I reread it. I underline things Mm -hmm. and then I reread it again. And I just, yeah. You, and that's what Oprah says about, you know, mm-hmm. the seat of the soul and about so many of these books is like, yeah, you, you, every time you reread it, you get something yeah. new out of it. Um, so yeah, I, that's I love amazing. That. Yeah. I'm so glad that you, uh, <laughs> that, that we've been able to have this like super soul Sunday plug here because <laughs> I don't really know that anyone's ever brought it up on here, but, um, really? oh it my is, God. it is amazing. And I'm so glad yeah. that that's like part of your self-care and part of how you're like checking in with yourself. Cause mm. I can only imagine how like emotionally draining some of what you do could be. I mean, I, I can't, uh, uh, again, your, your, your own journey, like that, that, you know, you already knew a lot about mental health. You were guiding mm-hmm. so many other people with their mental health and, and what you, you know, are went through and, and mm-hmm. are going through is also like 
it, it's a lot to be, it's exposing. Yeah, um, and a lot of vulnerability yeah. hangovers. <laughs> exactly. Yes, exactly. Like Brene Brown. Yeah, my girl. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Brene. I mean, again, other, I've read all her books. It's yeah, embarrassing. she's amazing. It's, I yeah, love her. she's great. I would yeah. die for her. Yeah. Me too. Same. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Girl crush, for sure. <laughs> so, yeah, she's great. <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah. I Thank you for sharing, like, part of how you take care of yourself. I think that's always helpful for other people to um, to kind of hear because sometimes it's misconstrued as being something that's selfish or that, you know, Mm. it's we need to just be busy, busy, busy. And there's so much to do. And, you know, there's so many things happening that like we need to be involved in and Mm. blah, blah, blah. But Mm -hmm. it's really important to take that time for yourself. Yeah. And you know what I've like, my sister helped me. My sister's a teacher and she went to this like workshop um, and has done a lot of, she's amazing. We like, are both super soul Sunday uh, mm-hmm. nerds. And she told me this recently. She was like, we tell kids, you got to be nice to other people. You got to care for other mm-hmm. people. You got to do nice things for, you know, you got to volunteer. You got to give, 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 give. And yeah. obviously that's true. You got to give, right? Mm-hmm. But if you don't get, like, if you, when you give to yourself, mm-hmm. all you want to do is share it with other people. Yes. Like it's not even something, it's not even a duty, right? It's not even yeah. something that you have to tell yourself to do. And, and so self-care, you know, has become this like whole, like getting it because like self-care actually, if everyone did self-care, if everyone had compassion and kindness for themselves, they would just naturally be kind and compassionate more to other people and the entire fucking world would be different. Yeah. Be a very different place. (laughs) The way we would interact with each other would be very, very different. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, just picturing that beautiful world and what it would look like. <laughs> Possible. One person at a time. Yes. I mean, yes. it's right. It's like one action at a time. And mm-hmm. that's the thing about not feeling helpless. Like do smile at someone on the street, Yeah. like open a door for someone, do mm-hmm. one kind thing and like, you'll feel different. Yeah. Um, and, and, and that's how we change the world. Literally. Yeah. One small step at a time. Mm-hmm. There day we go. by day. Yeah. yeah, it's corny. It's true. <laughs> it is so true. Um, thank you so much for like coming oh. on and sharing like parts of your personal um, journey with all of this journey. Uh, yes. And yes. <laughs> good old bachelor. Um, I know. I just did like five times this last five minutes. So yeah. It, it, it all is a journey. Um, yeah. But yeah, do you want to share again kind of where people can find you if they want to follow along with your journey? Yeah. So I uh, love on, I live on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, my, uh, you know, handle is Feminist Fabulous on uh, Instagram. It's that on Twitter. I'm a lot more uh, mad on Twitter and a lot <laughs> less fun. Um, and, um, and yeah, like I, you know, our show comes out on, on Facebook watch every Thursday mm-hmm. and my book will be out in yeah. the fall of 2019. Woo-hoo. So I'm yeah. so excited. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I'm excited. You're excited. <laughs> yeah, no, that's like an amazing, like, I can't even imagine Oof. what kind of like to tackle writing a book. I mean, I've considered it at yeah. times, but I'm like that. I don't Oh my God. Know. Please write a book. <laughs> please write a book. I mean, again. <laughs> do it with it within your own, mm-hmm. you know, time and what yeah. you want to do. Don't, don't like, I'm not forcing, but you have so <laughs> much to contribute. No, you have so much to contribute Thank and you. to give to others and like, yeah. trust that. 
Yeah. I mean, for now, I'm just going to talk a lot on here, but yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe one yeah. day a book. But yeah. uh, very impressed with that and very proud of you for, you know, oh, putting you. all of that work in. I can't wait for that to come out. Um, so I'll definitely you. be on the lookout for that in fall 2019. Great. Well, thank you so much for having me on. It was so fun getting to meet you and talk with you. Um, <laughs> and um, yeah, I can't wait to keep following all of your awesome uh, life all over the place and this relationship with this person <laughs> with equal partnerships and financials. I'm, I'm just going to, I'm very excited. Yes. Well, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. Um, and yeah, I'll put the links for uh, your page so that you guys can all follow along. Um, and yeah, thank you so much again. Thank you. Amazing. That does it for today's show. You guys, thank you so much for listening. And again, huge thank you to Liz for coming on. Um, definitely did not disappoint. I am making us new best friends as of today. Uh, you guys should definitely check out the episode notes for the links to check out her page. And of course, I always love getting feedback from you guys and knowing what you guys are loving about the show. Uh, so if you guys could leave a review on iTunes, that would be wonderful. And any topics that you want to see covered, feel free to shoot over an email to ask that let's talk about it at gmail.com and that does it for this week so thank you guys and i'll talk to you next time this podcast is brought to you by wave podcast network check out all of our shows including the brain candy podcast i don't get it babes and babies coffee convos and let's talk about it surgeons keep our hearts beating they do the amazing, help save lives, and so can you. Your CSL Plasma donation can help create 24 critical life-saving medicines that can give Grandpa the chance for his heart to swell when he meets his new grandson or give a bride the chance for her heart to skip a beat on her wedding day. Every plasma donation helps more than you know. Do the amazing. Help save lives. Donate today at your local CSL Plasma Center and be rewarded for your generosity.